And we are now live. Sweet. After the fun process that that was. Well, as you would normally say to me, I'm muting the Discord. Oh, there you go. Thank you. It is February 7th, 2023. We have one month is in the books. And we are live on the Leo Finance Weekly Wednesday Show, aka the AMA. Someone's got to make a good Wednesday song at some point. Yes. Create a good, like, Wednesday intro for the uh, when people watch the recordings. Make it yeah. like an official podcast. That would be great. February 7th, 2023, episode of the Win Soon Show. Where we ask the wins and we get the soons. All righty then. Uh, queuing up. Announcements are out. Recap. Announcements are out. Come on, come all. Come ask your wins. The goal of this show is to annoy Cal. <laughs> we have to create a sense of urgency always. Very true. Very the soons are never good enough. Start for 2023. Sweet. Let's do so, a little updates. Leoverse. Yeah. So um, this uh, this past you know week, two weeks basically, we've been working on the um, on the posting frameworks of the new UI. So um, you know, falling in line with the basically the whole thesis of the UI, we are. Um, very threads first, right? So microblogging takes the center stage uh, in this UI. And uh, with that, you know, like the development process itself was very uh, threads focused. So up until a few weeks ago, we basically were only working on the threads part of the UI. Uh, and we basically built that completely out. So threads is is uh, is done on the, uh, on the new UI. And then uh, we began working on the long form uh, side of content. So all those long form frameworks um, have been getting implemented. Um, and, you know, it's, we really wanted to change the experience of long form along with, you know, obviously the, the whole experience shifting towards uh, being threads focused. Um, and, you know, by basically changing that experience, I think I think we've created something kind of cool with uh, with the way that long form and short form kind of interact with each other. Uh, so some of you have probably seen this, but this is the teaser. Uh, this is what the long form now looks like. Um, so we're actually almost done with the long form side of the UI. Uh, Man, the last I part. Learn a new UI. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news the good news about this UI, and you know, one of our big big driving you know core thesis is uh, making it easy to use, right? The current UI and really all Hive UIs are, are very complicated and, you know, they don't look super modern and they've got a lot of different features that are kind of thrown at you without much explanation at all. Um, 
this new UI is really designed to just make it like you you get to the UI and it immediately is understandable like what you need to do, you know. And uh, as soon as you get to the UI, you know, you see threads and it it obviously is stands out to you as being, oh, this is just like Twitter. And then obviously, you know, you might hit that explore page and then it'll show you uh, long form content. Um, and when you see that long form content, you're going to be like, oh, this looks like there's more to this than, you know, just Twitter. Um, and that's kind of where that everything app vision starts to come come into focus. Um, and obviously, like when you're on threads, um, obviously when you're on threads, uh, you are kind of seeing, you know, you're, you're seeing that long form kind of mixed in because people are obviously sharing their long form posts in each thread that they uh, publish, you know? So it's, it's, uh, it's a cool like interplay of long form and short form. And that's kind of been one of the difficult parts of building out this UI was how do we create an easy to use experience, but still incorporate both long form and short form content because uh, it's not really done, you know, I mean, it's obviously not done at all on Hive, but it's not really something that's common on even Web2, uh, where you've got that that intersection of microblogging and long-form blogging in the same place. So that, uh, you know, I think, I think I shared, throughout the week, I've been kind of sharing the updates as we've been building out this UI, but um, I think people are, are getting pretty excited about it. Um, you know, how this post UI looks. I think it looks super clean. Uh, it's a lot more enjoyable to read content because I just think the text formatting that we picked is a lot better. Um, it's also a lot easier to actually like find more content from the same author because you got that right-hand side. Um, and uh, the other the other big point I would say is that uh, it's very it's it's very smooth and fast and it doesn't actually have the lightning layer. So instead of having a second layer, which is what we have on the current UI, because basically when we built the current production UI, we didn't have lightning in mind, right? Like it was lightning hadn't been come up with yet. Um, so we built that UI and then we added lightning on top of it, which kind of creates a weird interplay. That's I always talk about how there's like the current UI is like very Frankenstein because we kind of just kept adding features on top of features uh, and that can create, you know, a lot of different usability issues. Uh, and then obviously, you know, if one thing crashes, it kind of leads to other crashes and it leads to some cascading failures. Cool thing about the new UI is that we've been able to take all of this stuff and build it from the ground up, right? So we've been able to say, okay, well, we obviously want lightning. We want, you know, a caching layer um, to be built into this UI. So rather than have a second layer on top of the, you know, the base layer UI, we're actually going to build it into the base layer UI itself. Um, and what that's created is basically, you know, it's faster than lightning on the current UI. Um, it's a lot smoother and it doesn't crash in the same way that it does on the current UI. So if you've ever seen, you know, there, there could be a lot of different reasons for this, but if you've ever seen, you know, when we have some downtime and there's like posts aren't like new posts aren't loading. So you see like the newest post is like four hours ago, but you know that that's not true. Uh, the two main reasons for that is one, if Hive Engine goes down, which does happen relatively frequently. And the second one is if Lightning goes down and the UI can't read new content. So uh, this this update fixes that second issue where, uh, you know, there's no separate Lightning instance. So Lightning isn't as prone to going down, uh, if that makes sense. So new UI, basically, in a nutshell, fixes a lot of old issues that we have on the current UI. 
um, especially in terms of speed, usability, stuff like that. Uh, it really, you know, I, I took a ton of notes from the experience of building the, the old production UI and going into building this, we were, you know, really focused on not making the same mistakes twice. So uh, with every iteration, I feel like it's gotten a lot better. So what was that? Because uh, obviously I want to put it in the recap. So you said something about you guys are building it into the same layer or what exactly is the main facet that makes this work better? So instead of lightning being a second layer, which is what it is right now, since okay. we built the, the current production UI, we built the UI, right? Then we built lightning on top of the current UI. Uh, so lightning is a separate instance from the base layer UI on okay. the old production UI. The new interface has lightning built into it. So it's the, the gotcha. caching layer is not a second layer. It's actually built into the, like the actual framework of the UI. Um, gotcha. So it makes it a lot more smooth. It's faster uh, and it's less prone to being offline. Cool. That sounds like wins to me. Yeah. So Edicta just pointed out a really, um, a really good point. Um, the so on the old production UI. Um, on the old production UI, when you post a comment, um, it doesn't show the comment right away. Whereas when you post a thread, for example, um it shows you the thread that you posted right away, right? Like if you're sitting on the threads page, type of thread, it shows you the, the thread instantly in the uh, in, in the threads view um, versus when you do a comment, it it's not. So basically what, what's happening is, and I actually explained this on a recent AMA, but on threads, it's actually creating a fake thread and showing it to you. So it's showing you the UI, the front end is showing you a fake version of what you just posted so if you if you've ever created a thread and then clicked on it like right away right when you post it um it'll say you know this thread hasn't been indexed yet um because what what essentially the UI has done is it's kind of tricked you it's it's taken the content that you're posting and on the back end it's taking it and it's sending it to the hive blockchain right but the hive blockchain isn't instantaneous there is a little bit of a delay so it, there's a little bit of a delay between when you post something and when the UI can read it from the chain and show it to you. Um, so what we did with threads was um, we made it so that it creates a fake thread on the UI on the front end uh, while it's still indexing your thread to the high blockchain and then reading it back. So if you post, it'll show you the instantaneous, you know, fake thread um, so that you can see, obviously, that you posted a thread and you can, you know, read it back to yourself. Um, and then if you wait about like two minutes, you know, one to two minutes, it actually gets fully indexed and then it removes the fake thread from your front end experience and it replaces it with the correct, you know, the one that it's actually reading from the blockchain. Um, so obviously we built that into threads, but we didn't, we didn't backtrack it into, uh, comments underneath posts. Uh, but on the new UI, we do have that. So, um, like I said, that that really ties us nicely into my last point, which is just that there were a lot of notes that I took on, you know, issues with the old UI um, 
that we were able to, you know, iron out on the new UI because it's just kind of a fresh start. Yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely was an issue for me as well. Like when you comment underneath someone's post and you, you know, it looks like you lost it. Um, you do get like a little green banner that says, you know, comment successfully posted, but um, definitely not a good experience for the user, but we fixed it. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. I was busy, too busy threading. <laughs> Had to jump in the thread storm. Taskmaster is threading it up. Cool. It seems like Addicted is happy with your response. I'm glad we could please you, sir. <laughs> Mr. Critic. Your when has been answered. You're welcome. They, wow. Oh, my goodness. We actually have a real answer to a when. Yeah. There's no <laughs> soon on that one. The uh, Instead of soon, it's already. What has the world come to? I think, <laughs> the, matrix, I think the matrix just blew up. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Damn it, Peavis. <laughs> um, right on. Did you see Morton's question? And is that, um, something? How will our, oh yeah. How will the RC impact the growth of threads? If new users are limited in threads, they can make and reply to like they are characters. Um, so basically, how do we solve scaling RCs as we onboard uh, new accounts? Um, we actually, we have a, you know, we have a boatload of RCs. Um, so I don't foresee that. I, I think we can onboard, you know, several thousand accounts per month without running out of RCs just on our own. Um, you know, I personally have over a million hive and then Leo.voter has, what is it? 2.7 million. So um you know that, that that's going to be a great problem to have let's just put it that way uh, yeah exactly if, that's one if of those when that it happens nice to have problems right i so want that that's, problem yeah i would love that problem that means that we have you know thousands of new accounts being put into uh put into action because obviously you know they have to um they have to you know be using threads a lot in order to be running low on rcs um so that basically just means we have thousands of new users who are doing thousands of new interactions that require all of those RCs getting used up. And, uh, you know, I would, I would definitely be willing to, you know, go out and buy more hive. There's a lot of solutions to that problem. Uh, you know, I would get more hive. I would, um, obviously I, I also have, you know, a, I have a few hive whales who are friends, let's say, and they've offered us their RCs whenever we need them. So I'd say, you know, personally, I have the access like right now to Leo.voter and then my million. So probably about 3.7 million, just call it close to 4 million hive power. And then, uh, you know, between some whales that I know that would gladly delegate it to us if we're onboarding accounts, I would say probably another 10, 15 million hive. So I'm I'm not worried about that. Let's just put it that way. I, I would actually very much love to see that become a problem. So would I. Because that means we're onboarding a crap ton of people. Yeah, that would be that would be a, Please, a fantastic that, problem to bring have. Bring that problem. Bring it now. Do it. Do it now. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Do it now. Um, uh, yeah. 
So Passmaster has a question in threads. Allegedly. Uh, oh, here what, it is. Oh, you got it? Yeah, I, I, ref, I had to refresh again. I mean, I just refreshed. I was too, too quick on the trigger. Cat-like reflexes. What do we got here? So what is your plan to integrate more advanced finance options, medium to long-term into Leo Finance? Are you thinking of such things as eventual interest rate swaps, futures, and other types of financial options? Damn, bro. Can we just get the new UI out first? <laughs> <laughs> there is, a, you know, one thing I've learned is that there are, for as many things as you can put out, there's going to be 10 more. It's like when you cut the, you know, what is it? Cut the head off the snake and two more will grow in its place. Oh, yeah. Whatever. You know, well, it's, apparently, apparently we're, we're the evil empire. Hail yeah. Hydra, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it's... Uh, but anyways, this is a funny side note. Like the more shit that we put out, the more that is requested. But um, yeah, there are plans to add more advanced stuff, uh, especially to Cub, uh, where kind of all that finance stuff is going to be taking place. Um, you know, right now we're definitely focused on, you know, BHBD, Beehive liquidity. That multi-token bridge is just printing money uh, for the Cub DAO. Obviously, it's not printing enough yet to be the flipping, but it's it's the last number I checked, it was like 60, 65% of the way to flipping, which is like, it was generating like 10, a little over $10,000 a month in revenue. And, uh, you know, the LP incentives it was paying out was about 16, 17,000, I think. So, you know, what, when it doubles its revenue, we're going to be well over the flipping and a uh, couple will be deflationary, which, you know, I don't expect to last very long from that deflationary standpoint. I expect that the price will probably start to increase and then, you know, the the revenue will increase with it. So we're kind of scaling. Cub is scaling very nicely. Uh, it's it's a slow and steady scale, which I think is a lot better than just a like pump and dump of the uh, monthly revenue. So uh, I'm happy to see that the revenue just kind of grows. It's been growing at like pretty consistent, like 20% a month, uh, you know, month over month growth of revenue on on Cub. So that's what I want to see. I want to see that revenue continue to scale. Um, and that's where the kind of financial focus is. Um, alongside that, you know, and a big focus being on revenue in general, um, the more advanced financial features that you're talking about, like, you know, interest swaps, uh, futures, options, um, adding stuff like that could definitely be a huge source of revenue for Cub. Uh, if you look at other DEXs, uh, that offer things like options uh, and futures, uh, they're they're printing money from those. I mean, because you take a small fee on them, they're also acting as a market maker. Uh, there's definitely a good business model there for Cub to, you know, say launch an options contract on Hive where you could, you know, for example, you could short Hive uh, through an options contract. And then the DAO would serve as the market maker for that contract uh, along with, you know, obviously charging a fee. Um, and, you know, as a DEX, as a smart contract, we can obviously just kind of clone that contract over from another platform, uh, which would definitely be where we're at. Uh, that's what kind of what we're good at. Um, so I am keeping my eyes open for, for a really good options contract, uh, contract. That's a funny, I just realized how funny that is an options contract, smart contract. Uh, that's what we're looking for. So when I find the right one that I like, uh, we'll start developing it for Cub and then, you know, uh, launch the contract on chain. And it will be centered around BHPD Beehive, which I think is really cool. Um, 
you know, for example, like you could imagine some kind of interesting things that could be done with with BHBD uh, contracts, because, you know, we know that it's pegged to a dollar, but it's it's a soft peg, right? So like right now, HBD is trading at about a dollar to one dollar and two cents. Um, so you could imagine that right now would be an interesting time if you could take an options contract and short BHBD and say that you, you know, you're shorting it at a dollar two. And uh, when it goes that back down to a dollar, you, you know, you obviously close that contract out. Um, and then obviously the same goes for Hive. Like when Hive pumps, like, all right, here's BHBD should be the default token for all cub development. hundred percent BHBD and Beehive default tokens uh, for all future contracts. hundred percent. We've realized it, you know, it took a lot of iterations to get to this point, but you know, through cub, through polycub, through all the different contracts that we've launched kingdoms, everything, it's been a interesting and not straightforward path to realizing that BHBD and Beehive are the future. Uh, and then obviously I have a, a, a roadmap for bringing more liquidity to PHBD, Beehive. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that a different day. Um, but the, uh, you know, my point was like, there's so many use cases for things like options contracts around BHBD and Beehive. Uh, and obviously, you know, on the back end, the Cub DAO is just going to be printing money from the fees and the market making on those, kind of like how it does with the multi-token bridge. So this is another huge source of revenue, potentially. Um, one interesting use case I see, and I, and I see this happening to a large scale, is going to be people who are Hive power holders, like I know Addicted is in here, and he's, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of Hive, maybe he's got millions at this point. Um Imagine that he's got, let's just, you know, let's, let's make him smaller than he is. Let's say he's got a hundred thousand hive power. Right. And let's say that hive pumps, like it just did a few days ago to 60 cents from what was it like 30 cents. So it went from 30 to 60 cents and addicted is sitting on zero liquid hive and he's sitting on a hundred thousand hive powered up, which obviously takes, you know, 13 weeks to get back. So by the time he powers that down and starts to get his liquid hive out every week, it's going to be too late to sell that pump. What if there was an options contract where he could short hive at 60 cents and um, and then he could he could basically say, okay, I have 100,000 hive power. <coughs> I've just pumped and doubled. And uh, I want to, I would love to sell, you know, if I had, you know, 25% of my stake liquid, I would sell it. So it's 25,000 hive. Instead of, you know, obviously he'd have to wait for the power down, which is not feasible because, like I said, by the time that happens, everyone else is powered down. I was going to drop again. Um, he can short sell 25,000 Hive on the contract, the options contract for Beehive, and and then keep his 100,000 staked. Then maybe he can power it down if he wanted to, if he needed to, you know, if he was worried about covering that potentially. Um, but he's now essentially, you know, pre-sold 25,000 Hive power. Um so that's something that actually, you know, people on Hive have been requesting for years um, is the ability to like take an instant power down uh, just so you could sell it on the pump and then buy the Hive back later. Um, so imagine if you can do that with the options contract, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's a, literally like a futures market. Like imagine if Binance opened up a futures market for Hive, we would all be, you know, jumping for joy where we could, you know, go over there and, and start shorting Hive against our huge, you know, stacks of Hive. Like as someone who's got like a million hive, I would love the ability to like hive pumped and I'm sitting on a million staked hive. I can't do anything, you know? Um, 
So yeah, it's, it's total game changer. And then the revenue obviously for the Dow would be enormous on that. Yeah, that makes for a lot of, well, fun, to be honest. <clears throat> I mean, shit. Hive pumps would equal cat selling options. <laughs> well, and then it just creates more, you know, the, the other trickle-down effect of that is that it creates a lot more liquidity because you have a lot more activity, right? People yeah. need to cover their shorts. Um, people think that short selling is bad, but it's not bad. It's it's a it's it's a part of an, a healthy and efficient marketplace. Um, so having a futures market would be highly beneficial to Cub, obviously because we'd be buying and burning a shit ton of Cub from all those market making and uh, uh, futures. Uh, what is, what is the word the terminology that they use? Like the basically like the stability fee for futures contracts. Um, like the market maker fee. Yeah, market maker fee. Um, uh, so Cobb would get a, be getting, you know, bought and burned like crazy. And then, um, yeah. Addicted said, last I checked, you can short Hive on MEXC with, but the APR is 30%. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine if Cobb did it and offered, you know, 10%, 5%, whatever we want. Um, could, be, could be a huge source of revenue for Cobb. So yeah, there's no there's no timeline for adding um, you know deeper financial contracts like that. I'd say right now we're just focused on getting more liquidity, um, but I could definitely foresee it in the in the universe. Probably in the first, if I had to guess, but don't hold me to this. Uh, first half of this year would be like the launch of like one contract to kind of oh, play wow, around. I'm surprised. Yeah, <clears throat> to play around with it. Surprise it's even on the board for 2023. Yeah, definitely on the board. Uh, it's most mostly just about finding a contract that I like. I don't know. I and speaking of timelines, since we're already getting into soons and whens. Okay. Um the I've been talking with the Nomad Soul and we have been working out timelines for everything. The new UI. I've kind of soft announced this previously, but the new UI will be launching for LPUD this month. So Leo Power Up Day is on February 15th. We will be launching the new UI on February 14th so that it's ready for LPUD. Um, Valentine's Day, yay. Yeah, because everyone's uh, time, time zones are different. But on Valentine's Day, we will be launching the new UI. Um, so you can ask Leo to be your Valentine. and. Uh, um, I have a few, I have a few disclaimers. I have a few announcements related to that. Um, there, so the new UI, we're going to be launching into alpha, right? Open alpha. That means that a lot of features are actually not going to be on there. So when you do get to the new UI, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people posting and asking where this is, where that is, you know, where's XYZ feature? When are we going to add it? So there's going to be plenty of wins. Um, maybe the people here that are pre-informed can can help me in in staving off the wins by telling them that the open alpha is to test features 
like not one at a time, but kind of in a, in a sequential order of some kind. So, you know, things like the wallet page aren't going to be there. Um, curated feed is not going to be there. I'm trying to think of what we've got in there. Bookmarks are not going to be there. Shortcuts are not going to be there. Um, think what else uh certain aspects of the profile page aren't going to be there um things like that there are there are certain core features that aren't going to be there right at open alpha and we're going to roll those out you know week by week because we want to get people to test you know we want you to go to the open alpha and test threads we want you to test how is it how's your experience making a thread how's your experience you know uh replying to someone else's thread uh upvoting threads things like that we want you to kind of sequentially test things so in open alpha you'll be mainly testing the ability to thread reply to threads upvote threads everything like that uh and then we're also going to have long form posts so you'll be able to read long form you'll be able to comment on long form upvote um and post long form content um but all of the that's another core feature that won't be there is like the feeds we're going to add in the feeds over time so like the curated feed and stuff like that um the there will be only two feeds uh at the launch which is going to be the trending and the new so you'll be able to you'll be able to see trending content feed like how you're used to it on hive uh and you'll be able to see like the created feed um and uh, that'll all be accessible from the explore page so basically we've kind of broken this out into like a multi-phase open alpha where phase one will be, you know, very core features like reading, engaging, uh, and creating short form and long form content. That's like the core of what we're working with. And then over time, we're going to, you know, each week we'll basically roll out something else for you to test. And we'll ask everyone to give us uh, feedback every week, uh, on what they like, what they don't like, what could be improved, uh, everything like that. So that is the plan. Uh, February 14th, seven days from today, Valentine's Day, which brings me to another point. Mitch, are we doing a podcast on Valentine's Day? Yeah, I don't see why not. It's during the day. Sold. Uh, unless, unless you're busy. I'm not busy until the evening. I am not busy either. So, um, yeah. Also, so apparently go. it's going to be new UI open alpha launch day. Yep. So episode. we will do, let's do a launch party then. So, uh, we so we'll launch, launch party. We've just decided this right now, live on air. We are going to launch the UI during the AMA. So we will all be live threading together. Oh, have boy. a launch party, have a Valentine's day party. And all right, uh, so I will say this going into LPUD the next day. Aim to launch at like 9am Tuesday. So then we actually launch at noon. <laughs> because i ain't sitting <laughs> around all day many, yeah how many times have we tried to do launch parties and just waiting oh it's too funny that's the nature of technology people it's 100%. not easy and it takes you know every time you say i'm gonna do it at this time it's later and i saw taskmasters jab at me let me read it because it was pretty funny yeah i commented on it as well where's he at where's he at had it uh where was it oh here we go 
uh cal's view of time is messed up five minutes is like 30 ladies be careful when he says he can last an hour yeah could be five hours um <laughs> about to turn into a too short slash drake remake song oh yeah what song is that That's i go song. on and on can't understand oh yeah that so long. must have a superpower last 223 000 hours yep yeah that's the one I think a lot of people uh, don't even realize that Drake basically, you know, took that line from too short and then just flipped it to talking about rapping instead of uh, extracurricular activities. There you go. Um, man, I'm trying to figure out how to order stuff in this damn recap post to get moving things around now with all these bombshells being dropped bombshells this is the bombshell episode um lonely but rich launch party i like that i like that all right valentine's day is a day to be lonely but rich that's a good one um i see a lot of talk of exchanges so we're aiming for noon noon noonish our typical time uh yes. tuesday uh tuesday february 14th and then lpud is technically the next day the next day yep gotcha. february 15th so we will be having a lot of contests and Leo Growth will be your uh, point account, your point man to uh, see what exactly we're doing, uh, what kind of initiatives you can get involved in. We've got, we've actually got some really cool stuff planned and Nomad Soul has been grinding 24 hours a day for the past month, getting this prepared for you guys. So be ready for some crazy shit. I honestly, I think... There's going to be like, you know, the 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 big bomb that hits is not only going to be the new UI, but it's going to be this new thing that a Nomad Soul has been working on. That's going to be a huge, you know, mic drop moment, I think. And it's all wow. focused on marketing. Neil's, Neil, I have my prediction right now is that Neil is going to love it. Sweet. I'll probably like it too then since I'm kind of big on marketing. I think, yeah, I think you'll love it. I think if, you know, people like Walter uh saw it i think he would love it it's like super if you're like a marketing nerd i think you're, you're gonna love it sweet well i'm sure on the uh launch party show <clears throat> we'll hear all about it will la it will launch during probably during that yeah the awesome growth. Yep. updates i mean yeah i'm no sure we'll soul. talk about it because hype it up day before Sounds like it's going to be quite an eventful AMA next week. It will be. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I definitely think it will. I definitely think what a nomad soul is working on right now could double our users uh, Damn. in the next, in the next two months. Get it. Do it. Q1, Q1. Oh yeah, Wu is going to do the second meet and greet in February. The exact day is to be announced, I think. Um, Wu said she had 30 users show up 
I, I came in and I was listening. It was a cool show. Um, I definitely took, I actually took a lot of notes during that show because a lot of, you know, a lot of good feedback, uh, just general Leoverse stuff. Oh, here we go. Uh, so a nomad soul has just dropped that. What he's been working on will launch on February 10th. There you go. So four days before the event, Leo growth will be dropping a bomb. Sweet. And, uh, I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited for that. I think it's going to be a game changer. Launch February 10th. Uh, man, I can't keep up with this recap this week. Shock full of goodies. Uh, I should probably put Feb and not Fed. Probably a good idea. The good old Fed. Check the at Leo growth account. Boom. So recap post is jamming. I even fucking screenshot people's questions with answers and all sorts of things. Plenty of screenshots, sneak peeks, stepping up. <laughs> funny comments in chat. <laughs> Those are funny. Funny, funny. Um, oh, got on. a question from Taskmaster. If Hive develops a robust layer two smart contract platform, will Leo Finance build slash move a lot of the future financial features there? Uh, I don't see us moving them. Um, I do see us building with them. So if, if a layer two smart contract platform were to be developed, I don't really see, you know, if you actually think about it, Hive Engine is somewhat of a layer two smart contract platform. Um, and we are leveraging a lot of stuff on Hive Engine, uh, obviously. Um, so I think it would be a very similar setup to that. Like if Hive Core comes out and they say, okay, we're developing this, you know, second layer, uh, you know, highly robust, decentralized uh, smart contract platform, uh, we're definitely going to find ways to tie that into all of the stuff we're doing. Um that being said, like, I think a lot of people would look at a question like this and they would think, okay, if, if, and when this were to come out, would we like deprecate BHBD Beehive and move it all directly onto Hive? And honestly, I don't see a reason to do that. I think there's definitely a value in being on all these different chains. You can look at ThorChain, you can look at a lot of different projects, uh, even Splinterlands, like they, they have liquidity and they have, you know, a presence on other blockchains. There's a, there's a very, there's a multitude of very good reasons why you should be on multiple blockchains. Um, so I think that we'll find, you know, if, and when this happens at some point in the future, I think we'll be finding a lot of cool ways to introduce new contracts, introduce um, like, you know, cool cool synergies between what we're doing on other evm chains and uh 
and uh, you know that second layer on Hive, uh, if and when that happens. Um, I think that's just a big narrative for us is just finding synergies, right? Rather than you know getting rid of stuff if it's working, um, which BHPD and Beehive are working very well. Um, so, you know, our focus right now is definitely just growing the depth of liquidity there for BHP Beehive because I think we've all realized that there's a lot of potential there. Uh, we just kind of need to seed in more liquidity. Indeed, more liquidity is the answer to a lot of questions. The answers to all of your students. More liquidity solves all sorts of problems. Right on. Well, it looks like we're caught up. Oh, let's jump back in threads. That was an action-packed almost hour, a little less, almost there. So, uh, you know, kind of going more into the Hive stuff, because that kind of leads us nicely into uh, a lot of discussions that have been going on, which I'm very interested in, and I think you are too, is uh, we've got this new whale that has emerged who bought 600,000 HPD. And I don't know if it's, it's the same whale, maybe a different one. I think it's the same whale. Um, Dolls shared a comment with us that uh, he's, so he's got, he had 600,000. Now he's at 720,000 already just in the past day. Uh, and he said his, in a comment, he said his target is to stake 1.2 million HBD. If everything goes well, then he's planning to triple it. Maybe 4 million HBD is what he plans to stake. And this kind of gives us a few different, yeah, lazy panda. Uh, this kind of gives us a few different interesting talking points, right? A couple of people have said, is this bad that one person is going to own this much HBD? Because there is, uh, let's see. There's only, last time I checked, it was around 9 million. Let's see. There's only 10 and a half million HBD out there. That's total market cap of HBD, right? Uh, so if one person owns 4 million, that's obviously 40% of that total. Is that bad? Is that centralized? Is that a threat to the Hive ecosystem? Um, and, you know, some people have made some good points about it. Uh, I think Edicted was one of the ones who said, you know, the worst case scenario is what that he starts dumping HBD like there's no tomorrow. All that's going to happen is the the you know there's an illiquid market for HBD, so it's going to just tank the price of HBD temporarily. But since we all know it's a stable coin, you know people like I would love to get my hands on HBD at you know 60, 70, 80 cents, right? Even 90 cents, I'd I'd be buying like there was no tomorrow. Um, so you know that that's not much of a threat. Uh, the only other threat is that obviously HBD is debt to the Hive ecosystem. So as more HBD is in circulation, uh, essentially that increases the um, the median price of Hive that it needs to stay. Basically, the price that Hive needs to stay above in order to service that debt. It would be a good way to a good way to put it. Um, yeah. So addicted is saying. So so Morton. Matt is asking the the question that I think everyone is thinking about is 20% APR, which is what you get paid for staking HBD on chain. Is that sustainable? And for how long? 
Um, and Edicted said it's sustainable. It just depends on the context, right? So the debt ratio is 5%. Um, so if you take 5% of 20%, um, that's 1%. So basically it's like the actual, and, and Dals has like really good content on this, really good analysis. If you go to his, his account on Hive, uh, on actually how much Hive is basically how much it's costing Hive to service this 20% APR. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's like extremely minuscule. It's crazy how minuscule it is. Um, so it's actually very surprising how sustainable all of this is. Um, and the way that I've been kind of thinking about it is we've basically created kind of like this anchor Luna Terra uh, setup, but without the pitfall of the, you know, death spiral. Like I, I actually think that Hive has solved for the, for the death spiral that killed Luna. Um, and look at what happened to Luna, right? Luna was, you know, one of the fastest growing, biggest projects in the world. If that death spiral hadn't happened, Luna would probably be one of the, you know, I, I mean, it would, it was just continuing to eat market cap in the crypto oh, yeah. space. So, I mean, it was, it was like a total juggernaut. Uh, and the only thing that killed it was just this death spiral, um, which obviously is a huge flaw. But if Hive has actually successfully solved for that flaw, what could potentially happen to Hive? I mean, if, if it starts picking up the way that Luna did, maybe this whale who eventually gets himself 4 million HBD has some whale friends you know, maybe some other whales look at it and they're like, oh, this guy has 4 million HBD, um, you know, and it's earning 20%. Let's, you know, let me get my hands on some. On top of that, you know, if this guy's got 4 million HBD, how much is he pulling in a month? Um, well, also two thing about this, let's just say like that happens, right? And you have like whale games, so to speak, in terms of acquiring HBD and it does push price higher. You know, what's the right. impacts of that? And- you know, reasonably so. Think about this, right? It's like, oh, I get twenty percent. It's like, oh, well, let's say high uh, HPD is at a buck oh five, right? All that's doing is technically reducing your return, but it still might be an acceptable return, you know? Because like, right. all right, I'm getting less than twenty percent, but you know, what price point? You know, fifteen percent still entices a lot of people. There's not a place, a lot of places you can go and get fifteen or more percent in something that's, you know, ideally stable. Yeah. So I could see it being purchased. The one one irony that I see though is because um that screenshot that Dales had uh shared of the uh Lazy Pandas post is that I just noticed their uh, reputation is 37. <laughs> yeah, I just not, find irony in that. Creator. Yeah. I'm just like, well, that's cool. I mean, it really doesn't matter, but I just find it funny. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's on chain and out there. So I'll drop it in the recap post. I usually don't like to blow up people's spot, but everything is technically transparent and on chain. And you put it in a comment as well. Yeah, so I just did some math. So this guy, if he gets 4 million HBD, this is a good uh, indicator of how this could actually lead to more whales getting their hands on hbd he's going to be minting because he's getting 20 percent apr on 4 million divided by 12 every month uh so he's going to be getting about sixty-five thousand hbd every single month right 
So 65,000 HPD into his account, let's just say he wants to, he wants to sell that to have, you know, income, which I assume is what he's going to do. Um, once he reaches whatever target figure he's at. So 65,000 HPD liquid is now going to hit the market every single month. And that might not sound like a good thing, but it actually, it's a great thing. Right now, there is a huge lack of liquid HPD in the marketplace. People like I know myself included, like I am out here trying to get my hands on HPD, uh, especially for the, for the BHPD Oracle, because uh, the Oracle is sitting on a lot of other stable coins. And uh, it's very hard to like leg back into HBD uh, to service, you know, uh, wrapping and unwrapping. Um, so, you know, I'm, you know, the Oracle is sitting on over, well over 100,000 in other stable coins. So if you are out there, PSA, public service announcement, if you are out there and you're sitting on over 100,000 HBD and you'd like to do a one-to-one -one swap for BUSD, uh, shoot me a DM. I will gladly take it off your hands. Um, but this, my my point is, as more whales step up and start getting a lot of HBD staked, they're going to be bringing in a lot of liquid HBD to the marketplace. And uh, I think that's just a good thing. It's just going to get, it's going to create kind of a network effect where you're just going to get more and more liquid HBD out there every single month, um, which is, which is really healthy. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's a stable-ish coin, right? HBD is not fully stable. And that is how you avoid the death spiral. Spiral. Like the, the problem with Luna was that they were trying so hard to maintain that peg to $1. Uh, and then Dokkan was kind of doing all those funky things with Bitcoin, trying to you know create a treasury to, to support the $1 peg. And that is, you know, supporting that peg is ultimately what what killed them. Um, if, if they would have had something like a haircut rule like we have on Hive, um, they probably would have been fine, which would be cool if anyone wants to, that's like a great piece of content. If anyone wants to do it, like a really in-depth analysis of the actual numbers of what caused the death spiral and what could have prevented the death spiral. Like if they like taking the, the rules of hive, if the rules of hive were applied to Luna and UST, would the death spiral not have happened? I think that would have been interesting to see. Um, yes, there is quite entertaining chatter in this A lot board. of chatter. So this is a highly said, today. When I'm in charge of Hive, I'm jacking up the inflation rate back to 10%. Is that like a double negative? I'm confused right now. Oh, he's talking about the Hive interest rate, not the HBD interest rate. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, he did say Hive. I just obviously thinking HBD since that's what we were chatting about. And Tess said, no need with HBD. We have the ability to create that by focusing upon the stable coin. Uh, it's nice that HBD inflation is totally separated. Yeah, he's talking about rewards pool. You know, who's actually uh, got a good, a good point about it being called stable. It shouldn't. It should literally honestly be called like an algo coin. As opposed to stable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, soft pegged. Yeah. But yeah, that word stable definitely gives a 
bad connotation because if it's not sitting at exactly a dollar, people are just going to, the haters are going to come out and be able to play a hater's ball. Very true. It's good to see you and it's bad to see you, you hateful mother lovers. <laughs> the haters have arrived. That was probably a, I'll put that in my top five Chappelle episodes. So how about the uh, markets? We got a pretty bullish week last week. You know, everyone was all eyes on, you know, FOMC, um, you know, what the Fed was doing, uh, some some of the, uh, you know, the earnings for, for some big tech companies. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think the market market is responding well to like this current this current, you know, kind of limbo status of are we recessionary? Are we not recessionary? Uh, you know, our company is going to die or are we going to be fine? Uh, is inflation under control? I think the jobs report came out and it was like five times more jobs were created than uh, analysts expected. Uh, it was like 100K versus 500K or something. Um, yeah. So, you know, what are your thoughts on... Uh, on markets, Bitcoin is at twenty two thousand nine hundred, which is kind of uh, somewhat on the lower end of this like range we've been in since January of you know twenty twenty three to twenty four k. You know, um, yeah. I've been buying. Put it that way. I am definitely a Bitcoin buyer down here. Cat is threading or recapping? I'm recapping. Um, <laughs> just when I thought I was done, we added the overall market chatter. This recap is like literally no joke. This is probably the best recap I'm ever going to write. Like that. There's all sorts of goodies in here. I got all sorts of screenshots, tagging people, all the things. Um, I almost, I'm, I, I think I'm going to leave the, UI sneak peek as the main picture instead of the uh, little uh, when button. The when button. GIF. We don't need the when gif. Now there's plenty of uh, soons. There was so many soons. Of, the soons. The zoo, the soons have been quantified. No need there's for been a nows. when soons and There's been nows and soons. I need yep. a now button. Someone quick when create now. it. Create the, uh, I'm thinking of what is that? That one. Uh, meme where it's got the two buttons and like the cartoon character guy and like oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah which button to push um, i uh maybe the next maybe next week's podcast should be called the when now show there you go yeah we can have some fun with the title but uh yeah <clears throat> yeah you're right you know fred, fred did what everyone expected <clears throat> And, uh, you know, market reacted well to it. Um, Apple and Google had disappointing earnings, but that didn't seem to phase the market outside of that one day. Um, Friday, market opened lower, but pretty much kind of got that back. Uh, Tesla's pretty much been on a SpaceX rocket for the last few weeks um, and is ignoring whatever the market does. Um and uh, 
Bitcoin's still kind of just grinding sideways here, you know, like obviously took over, you know, that 20K level. So I don't know uh, if anything outside of a test of that is in the future. Um, I'd be surprised if we go below that. Obviously, if it, that happens, that's because overall climate is bad. Stock's going down. Economy is, you know, recession-y. Recession um, I think everyone was waiting for Bitcoin to hit like 25K because that was the next real clear um, resistance slash pivot point, And we did not quite get there. It teased everyone. We got up to 24.2. And then uh, we've had, you know, four or five small red days so far we're green today but we still got time um i don't know when i look at the chart kind of looking like this like rounded thing is starting to happen and i'm like all right what are we getting are we getting like a cup and handle on the bigger term are we getting a rounded top in the shorter term what are we doing here but i don't know we're uh oversold on the stochastic so that's good though because we haven't really pulled back so we got oversold going sideways and the relative strength is um been okay but yeah it'll be interesting um i ideally think we bounce around between like 19 and 25 for a while um unless uh you know we see another leg up in stocks maybe that'll drag bitcoin up with it um 100 would not be surprised if we do get some kind of you know push out of nowhere and we do see like you know a test of that 30 31k um but I'm going to stick with 2023 is going to be a sideways year. Um, I know that's a big range I'm throwing out, but like 19 to 30 K I could see us bouncing around on that the whole year. Um, really? Assuming, assuming things don't go bad and, you know, we see a, a, a big pullback or anything, but yeah, I see hopefully, I think a consolidation year is going to, is a positive, you know, we got 2024, right. Is the next having. So I just don't know that I see a bull market in 2023. It'd be pretty A fast. lot of people think that we're going to see a bull market this summer. That's the question on everyone's mind. When bull market and potentially this summer. I know, the I think Addicted is a big proponent of that. The irony is I've fallen into this. I think we're going to have a good first six months of the year. And then we're actually going to see a pullback in the summer, but I'm talking more about equity markets, but that obviously impacts. But we'll see. Oh, there you go. Dick is talking about 2025 being the four-year cycle as opposed to 2024. So yeah, it shall be interesting. No one's got. I mean, could you ball. imagine if we're sideways all the way through? I mean, that's two years, right? All the way through. Would it be that long? No, I mean, we went down. In like basically, we topped out late twenty one. We went down all into. Um, summer of twenty two, so we've only been sideways for not you know hasn't been a year it's been what eight months like we basically bottomed out june of last year right granted we ended up going a little bit lower but in terms of going sideways so we've only been going sideways since june 
So it's like, well, how long does it take, you know, to go down, bottom out? I mean, obviously there's no gauge. It can be different every time, but no, you might be right. Cause I mean, let's see, we topped out last year. I mean, last time in what, April, 2021. Well, that wasn't actually, no, I'm going to look more at 2018 top. Yeah. Cause think about that. We topped out in 2018. We went down to sideways through i mean technically we didn't take out that high until december 2020 so that's you know all of 18 all of 19 almost all of 2020 granted like there was some upward action i mean because we got down to what 3500 and then you know in july 2019 we're up at 12 13 and then we pull back again and we ended up getting down into the fives and then finally got the run. So that's the thing. It's not even going to be clean. We could see a big move up, a big pull. That's what I'm saying. Like if we pushed up to 30 and then pull back to 20, that wouldn't surprise me at all. That'd be right in line with, you know, prior, you know, bear market bottoms. So I think that's my point is like, I just don't, I'd be really surprised if we see, you know, Bitcoin like above well, I mean, if you're looking at percentage wise down to fives. And, so, yeah, I mean, in reality, based on those prior moves, we could get into the 40s, which is crazy. Some big freaking swings. But the question is does Bitcoin become less and less volatile as it becomes, you know, more matured and um, held by more investors? True. But yeah, I'm you know, what I would personally love to see is if we trade, like you're saying, my ideal situation would be trade sideways from, you know, I mean, even just to widen the range. I mean, even like, say, 16K, which was our kind of bottom yeah. to, you know, this, you know, like 30K. I would love I would love to trade sideways like that for two years. I think that would be amazing. Uh, it'd be a great time to just stack. I'm kind of with stack you on that. sats, you know. I, I want, I don't want us to moon in 2023. I want to be able to stack sat, stack sats. Yep. Yes. Hey, say that three times fast. <laughs> I'm not ready for the moon yet. I need more bags. Exactly. So addicted saying doubling curve at 70 K this summer. So do you think Bitcoin's going to be 70K this summer, addicted? Is that what you think? Not curious. I mean... I don't always have time suck. to read your 3,000-word posts. <laughs> it won't suck. Even though I write. also write 3,000-word posts. Uh, he says he thinks... Four, so let's take some... Let's Everyone in chat, post your Bitcoin prediction by summer. <laughs> I don't know what, what's considered the summer. Let's say May or June. By May or June, what are we thinking? Bitcoin. Uh, Addicted says 45 to 50K. A Nomad Soul says 35K. Wu says 32K. What are you calling for, Mitch? Oh, hold on. I'm recapping. Bitcoin Flood says 28K. Addicted says, I think it's going to peak in May. Seems like it's coming early. 
Uh, Taskmaster thinks it's going to be 1,527,459. I like that. Nifty said 69K. I could have guessed that. He would have predicted that. More T says 10K. I like it. We got the bear in here. Damn, that is that is the worst case scenario. That's if the economy goes to shit and all the things. <laughs> That's if we like a nuke gets dropped somewhere. Uh, Morton Matt said Morton Matt one up Nifty and said sixty nine thousand four hundred twenty. One Alpha says sixty six K. I also could have guessed you would have guessed that. Uh, <laughs> Wu said That's less T. Yeah, that is less T. I like it. Uh, yeah, Nifty was born between sixty nine and four twenty K. Are torn between. I bet Nifty. I bet Nifty was born on April twentieth at sixty nine o'clock, even though it doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean timing's tough because um, I, I would not be surprised if Bitcoin and the said it's going to zero. Oh we got. God. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if the markets are relatively strong for the next few months. Um, you know. Right now, Bitcoin looks like it could potentially pull back to 20, but like I said, 30, 30 31K is obviously on the table as well. Um, you know, come May, I don't know. I feel like that's still like when my thesis is about things being strong the first half of the year and then seeing a pullback, you know, uh, come summertime. Uh, if that plays out, I don't know that will, but if it plays out, um, you know, Bitcoin could be at its high for the year come May, June. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Three months from now. I'm going to go, I'm going to play the middle of my range. I'm going to go 25K because, I mean, like I said, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we float between, you know, like 19 and 30 most of this year without, you know, obviously some outliers. So big surprise. The cat's, cat's playing it safe. 25K, huh? I just feel like I'm just trying to guesstimate where it could land. I mean, what's yeah, I mean, if it's, I'm going to say, you know, I, like I just said, I would love to see it bounce between 16 K and 30 K for the next one to two years. So I'm going to say that so it's going to be what none of us expect, which is, you know, I'm kind of up there with addicted. Like, I think we'll see 50 K. I think we'll see it take a run at 50 K. Uh, I don't it see could. it making a new all time high though. And that's my point. And when you look at the chart and prior, you know, um, bull market tops and then bear market bottoms, like there is, you know, hundred essentially hundred percent swings. Yeah. I mean, just look at this round trip we did. Like, if you look at this. Uh... <clears throat> Like I mean, we went after from... the FTX implosion, we went from, you know, 22 to, you know, 15K. In one year. Hovered, hovered no, there for uh, a few uh, months. Was, yeah. No, I was just saying the overall move. Like we went from 60, from the 60s down to 16 in literally a year. Like how sick is that? That's crazy. You know, it's here's the thing, though. I was actually just thinking about this the other day. Uh, I was sitting in the sauna at my gym and, uh, you know, people tend to shoot the shit when you're sitting in there. 
and I, a bunch of people were talking about Bitcoin and I was just kind of listening. Um, but what oh, I always good. find fascinating. That's good that people are talking about it. That means it's getting right. hot again. Right. Uh, but he, but the, what they were saying is the interesting part is uh, so they were talking about Bitcoin. They were talking about how they, you know, they have some of these like crazy altcoins. Like one of the guys was saying he one of his friends told him to buy Link. So he's sitting on some Link and Coinbase. Uh, but they were talking about Bitcoin. And they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, there's some older guys in there like, you know, um, talking about how they uh, they, uh, um, you know, they won't touch Bitcoin and they know a bunch of people who lost money on Bitcoin. And for me, that that is a good signal of the bottom. That is when people are saying, oh, I wouldn't touch it. You know, people have yeah, lost yeah. a lot of money in it. 100%. You know, that's when things are kind of like, okay, people no longer believe that it's going to go up. And that is the bottom. Um, it's when everyone is buying at like 50, 60K and they're like, you know, my my grandson told me to buy this. My nephew told me to buy this. And, you know, I think it could go to 200K. And that that's when you sell. That's when you sell. But my my moment to buy is like I'm sitting there. People are just randomly talking about Bitcoin, which is cool in the first place. Because I remember the days when nobody even knew what it was. Um, and uh, but they're still talking about it negatively. So so it's in their mouth, which is a good thing. But they're talking about it negatively, which, in my opinion, is also a good thing because it means that we're kind of bottoming out. The only people left holding Bitcoin, the only people left caring about Bitcoin are the people who aren't going to sell it at 20K, the people like us. So it's the Warren Buffett quote, be fearful when others are greedy, be greedy yeah. when others are fearful. Now is the time to be greedy. Oh, crap. Um, cool. What do we got? We got 156 and... Good thing for email reminders. Apparently, I have a Zoom at two o'clock. I totally forgot about. Sweet, yeah. But, I think the Bitcoin predictions are a good way to. Uh, yeah, we got end up the show. That ended up being quite the show. Um, I am oh, going good. to hit the publish button on the recap. Apparently, Wu is a Bitcoin SV holder. A what? I'm just kidding. Oh. She posted a meme to-do list, buy Bitcoin, but she posted the Bitcoin SV oh. version. That's funny. To-do list, buy. <laughs> just, cross, just cross out the SV. We all know. We all know. Does that even exist anymore? I don't even know. Remember when Bitcoin Do people still hold like Bitcoin cash? I remember when I got my Bitcoin cash airdrop and... Could not have sold my Bitcoin Cash airdrop faster. Could I held it for a while. I wrote it up. I wrote it down. I think I ended up selling it when it was down. I think I flipped it into, I forget what coin, when I did a consolidation years ago. Um, I got a bunch of Litecoin airdrops too. I remember like way back. This was like when oh I was- man, I did you know, not. Yeah, this was like when I, I was early. I seem to miss out on all the free things. money. Yeah, I got. I did get a lot of free money. In my time in crypto, I have gotten airdropped a lot of free money. Um, not. You know, Bitcoin, all the Bitcoin forks, I got airdropped. Uh, Litecoin, I got airdropped something. Ethereum, I got airdropped something way back when. Uh, Hive was probably the biggest one. Um, you know, the Hive airdrop. Yeah, Task, we airdropped some Hive. Yeah, I was airdropped some Hive. <laughs> just, just a little bit. 
It was a great time. I wish, I wish, you know, I know it's not good, but like in a alternate universe, I wish that, I wish we would just keep going with the high bear drops. Those were great. Uh, that was a great one. You're talking about actual hive? You're talking about hive? When hive forked tokens. from Steam. Oh. Big yeah. time airdrop. Big time airdrop. Well, yeah, you got all, you essentially got all your hive then. Exactly. Yeah. And and they both held their value. They one actually up, went up in value, which is unusual for an airdrop. Both yeah. Steam and Hive. I didn't I mean, I, I I've still like had my Steam power that I earned, but I didn't like I don't know why I didn't take advantage of that in terms of like, you know, kind of gambling on you know, acquiring Steam in anticipation of the airdrop. In fact, if anything, I think I had gotten rid of some Steam. I think I was selling it into um Leo. So uh yeah, that was interesting choices. Yep. Well, Project Blank is now now. It's not soon anymore. Well, the recap is up and it has also been threaded. I like that. Go up, vote the cat, everybody. And we We'll see you next week. We've got the, um, we got a lot going on. So watch out for the 10th for a Leo growth post on the big new marketing um, initiatives. It's going to be like a huge game changer for us. Um, and then subsequently, you've got February 14th, new UI will go live. We're going to have a launch party. Uh, that'll be the next AMA. And then, uh, February 15th is LPUD. So we got a big uh we got a big couple weeks coming up here or a big week. Indeed. Well, everyone, thanks for hanging. Thanks for participating. It was a fun show. It was. And we'll see you Tuesday for all the festivities. See you Tuesday. Later. Oh, and the meet and greet. Don't forget the meet and greet. Woo's Hold meet and greet. Second. We'll announce that. Oh, you're going to do it on the 15th? All right. Meet and greet on the 15th as well. I should be around for that. All right, cool. Got to go. See you guys on the next one. See you next week. Later. Peace.